So, we're ready. The excitement has been building. For some people, when they go into the excitement is for months, maybe even for years. My boss has got a, a major cruise plan, and he's only planned for years. For some of us, we lay the suitcase out weeks before. For some of us, <laughs> it's not quite like that. Maybe you're like others. We don't necessarily have as many clothes as that that you can afford to lay some in a suitcase for weeks. It's not very good to be going around with that your shirt on your trousers or whatever because they're in the suitcase. No. When our children were growing up, we used to go camping. That was our family holiday. And I lived with a very organised wife. She needs to be organised because of what I'm like. And we would have a list. And every year as we came up towards the holiday, Ali would get this list out and would tick off each year the things that were on this list to make sure that we remembered to take everything with us. Very wise indeed. I wasn't on the list, but then I tended to have the car keys. But, but our children would, over time, as they got a bit older and could write, there'd you know, be things like sweets that get added to the list. And then they'd put boys. And it wasn't, a, you know, they'd be quite seriously, because we only had quite a small car at that time, and they would literally get everything wedged in, and they literally, in the back, they had feed holes. Everything else filled, roof box on, yeah, this is it. They wanted to make sure they weren't going to let left behind. Mind you, sometimes you might have liked it. Anyway, don't, don't go there. So we're set off on this big adventure. And, you know, and I don't know about you, but it, there was a bit of bribery went on sometimes. Sometimes it would be, right, you've got a bag of sweets each, no eating them till you get on the motorway. You cannot eat these sweets until you get a motorway. Now, some of you will know we take very devious routes to get anywhere near a motorway, so... <laughs> Are we there yet, Dad? Can we have, can we have some sweets? <laughs> or... The most infamous year we had with them is we bribed them to get up so we could leave Southport at 6 o'clock in the morning to travel to Scotland, and we bribed them with, we can have Burger King for breakfast at Carlisle Services. You get up, we're on the road for 6, Carlisle at 8, Burger King. Great plan. They were up, a bit sort of grumpy-like, but they were up. In the car, we're on the road, get to Carlisle Services, in those days, I mean, we are going back a number of years here, so things might have changed, but in those days, Burger King didn't open till 11. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we've got some treats, have some, you know, some, some snacks. I tell you what, though, there's a, we know there's a Burger King at Sterling Services, so we'll go there. You can have Burger King for a mid-morning snack, get back in the car, up to Sir, Bur, Sterling Services, Sterling Services, the Burger King didn't open until 12 o'clock, and we were there at 11 o'clock. <laughs> Things were not going according to plan. And it carried on like that. So by the time we got to lunchtime, 
We had no food. <laughs> Just a few snacks. Yeah. Many of you all know we, we don't use sat-navs, so when we're preparing for our journey, I will get the map book out, and we will prepare the journey. Or I might get Google Maps out, but then I will write it down. And sometimes I know little things. And I, I was thinking about this, and I, I thought about Malcolm. This is going back a number of years, Malcolm. You might not remember this. Malcolm, at that stage, had very young children, and was the M40 which goes from like south of Birmingham down to London, had only just been opened. And there were no services on the M40. So Malcolm's going, oh, we're going down. I think we see your mum and dad, wherever you go. Malcolm's going, I know you go down there, because that's where I'll go. Now, any ideas where there's any loos? No... So we're going, yeah. Good to know somebody who's done the journey before, because they'll give you some tips. And I'm going, yeah, if you come off of that junction, there's an Asda just down the road. That's the toilet stop. Go there. So sometimes we've got it planned. Sometimes we've been to see somebody or we've talked to somebody who's gone on the journey before and they've given us some tips. Sometimes we're going to be traveling down familiar roads. I don't know if you do a journey. It's a bit different, more differently. It's a bit more different these days. Because for a lot of people, they don't have a daily commute as such. But I can remember when I was doing a daily commute, and the number of times I would get to work, and I would think, I don't remember half that journey. I've done that road so many times, and I've just not taken things in. I was chanting, we talked about James last week, I think somebody mentioned um, James and the accident that he had. And... James was driving the same road that he had driven as a daily commute. And praise God, he was switched on. Because if he hadn't been switched on, and yes, God looked after him, and God looked after the other people, the outcomes of that could be a lot worse. But sometimes we're doing journeys and we're not really switched on because they're just so familiar. There's some people that rely on sat-navs. Satnav. The way someone else is determined is the best way to get you from where you are to where you want to go. A satnav. And we hear all sorts of tales about satnavs. We'll come on to one, which we experienced ourselves. Um, somebody else has determined how you do the route. I don't use sat-nav. We don't use sat-nav, Ali and I. I use Mrs. Navigator. Now, Mrs. Navigator has been around for a number of years, 35 this year. Have we been traveling together? And Mrs. Navigator seems, well, has, has honed her skills from first when we were on honeymoon, middle of Scotland, Dark night, coming back from um, the Kyle of Lochalsh, where there's a nice bridge now over to the island of the sky, but there wasn't in those days. Dark lanes, comes to a junction, and I go, Mrs. Navigator, which way to go? Which way should we go? 
Hold on. One simple job. <laughs> honed the skills since then. And honed the skills in such a way that the challenge is now to find a road with grass in the middle on whatever journey we take. We have been to places like Cardiff or Swansea, and we end up with, you know, there's motorways there, but no, we end up on roads with grass in the middle. It's cheating when we go to Scotland because there's lots of A roads with grass in the middle. And sometimes I play tricks on Ali and get it the other way around. So last year, we went and stayed with um, a couple who used to be part of this church who now live near um, Basingstoke, Mick and Steph Perrett. And we'd stayed with them, and then the next day was our wedding anniversary, so I, I booked a secret location. But I'm reliant on Mrs. Navigator. So Mrs. Navigator had all the instructions of where we were going, but all folded up so you just saw one step at a time. And there were times within that journey where it was, where on earth are we going now? Where on earth are we going? And sometimes in our where on earth are we going, we can assume. Sometimes we've done a certain part of a route, we get to a certain junction, and we automatically, I don't listen to what Ali's saying, I'll go, oh, we must be going to X. We'll go this way. And Ali's going, what on earth have you done that for? Well, well, last time we got to this junction, we went right. Yeah, but we're not going there this time. We're going left. Got to be careful. There's a danger in assumption or presumption. Thought and you where we're going. Last time we got to this point, we did this. Is that the way we're going now? Is it that we're getting to this point, we're going a different way? I've written something down here which um, might be right, might be wrong. Don't build tomorrow's future on yesterday's history. God spoke to us very clearly at the beginning of the year. Do not assume. Well, God, last time came to this place. This is what you did. And God's going, yeah, but I'm, it's a new day. I'm going to do something different. Let's have the first verse, please, Harry, which is Isaiah, chapter 48. See, we will get to the Bible eventually, honestly. And uh, just the next part of that verse, please, Harry, rather than that way. Yeah, thank you. From now on, I tell you of new things, of hidden things unknown to you. They are created now and not long ago. You have not heard of them before today. So you cannot say, yes, I know of them. God, you've worked in this way. I don't know, it might even get to you. you I don't know if any of you have been watching Wimbledon. Ali really enjoys watching Wimbledon. I, I enjoy watching Wimbledon. But you see some of the habits that these players have got. Uh, yeah, we won't go into some of them because they're not. But 
But, the, but there's one of the female, there's one of the lady tennis players, and she'll stand at the back of the court and she'll sort of practice swinging a racket. And you're thinking, okay. And it's almost like, I did that last time. That worked. I'll do it again. And he gets into this almost ritual. You know, football players are renowned for having rituals they go through. We've got to be careful of rituals. Some of us are in a ritual because we're always sitting basically in the same place. Well, this is where God speaks to me in this building. No, you'll find that God's all over the place, so you don't have to particularly sit where you're sitting. But this is where I got a great word from God. Well, yes, that's great to go back to that place, but maybe God wants you to go somewhere else to seek him out because he's got a new thing to show you. Just a warning with that new things is that sometimes we think that God is changing, but God doesn't change. Proverbs, whatever verse that is that's coming up, 22 verse 28 says, Do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your ancestors. God says, I am doing a new thing, but you will always find that the boundaries that he has set are the same boundaries. If that boundary is in his word, it is not going to change. Just because at the fence at the top of the cliff might have a plank missing, it doesn't mean the cliff's not there. Be careful of taking away and moving boundary stones. Just to say, new things some things are going to stay the same. They are not moving. God is not moving. His boundary stones are not moving. Sometimes you look at other people and what, what has happened in their lives and decisions that they've made and where they've got to. And this comes back to the sat-nav. Ali and I were on a trip somewhere and there was a, there was a major traffic jam. And this was near High Wycombe, which is where Ali grew up. So Ali said, I know a shortcut. We can get around this traffic jam. Lots of other locals knew this shortcut. That was great. Until the nice guy who'd been following his sat-nav in his big articulated lorry decided to go down this narrow country lane because his sat-nav said he could go down there. It's working for them. I'll follow this. Even though there were signs telling them of how wide this lane was, even though there were signs telling him of the restrictions, ignored it. My sat-nav said, I can go this way. I'm going this way. And for, I don't know, an hour, maybe, we sat there, and I, with another of, of the other drivers, tried to work out how to extricate us all from this mess that this guy, who'd blithely just followed his sat-nav, because, well, I ignore it. It's telling me to do that. And look, this, this road's worked for them. It's going to work for me. Well, maybe it's not. Isaiah 2, verse 10, says this. But we are God's workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are each unique. God has prepared things for 
each of us individually to do. He has given you and built into you different things than he's built into the person who's next door to you, who's different things and built into me. We are crafted. And just because something has worked for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean that's the direction that God wants you to go and that it will be the thing that he wants you to do. Yes, we're going back to there are boundaries and there are things that are the same for us all. But don't try to be a clone of somebody else. So we've been doing a, a series on the Holy Spirit, and this is where I sort of segue into the Holy Spirit. So the question is, who is leading us on our journey? Who is leading us on our journey? Romans 8 and verse 14 said, says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. John 10, verses 3 and 4. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. That's for the shepherd. And the sheep listen to his voice, the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of him, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And sorry, Harry, I hadn't got this, the next verse, but the next verse talks about... Oh, yeah, you can bring it up. Thank you. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Whose voice are you listening to? Who are you letting you be the guide of your life? Who am I listening to? Am I running away from that stranger? Or are there strange voices there? Isaiah 30, verse 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk you in it. God doesn't want us sort of, where am I going, where am I going? Where? No, there's a voice that's telling us, this is the way, walk in it. But sometimes that voice is telling us things that are contrary to what we would like to hear. Maybe it is that we've come to one of those boundaries and we're thinking, mm, God, I really want to go that way, but you've set this boundary here. You've said, no, you don't do that as a Christian. Uh, okay, well, maybe I'll ignore the voice. Maybe I'll move the boundary stone. Maybe I'll do as in Hebrews 3 and verse 15. It says, as has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Listen to God. Respond to him. Let him lead you. Do not harden your heart. Listen, Michael, do not harden your heart. 
So in Joshua 1 and verse 7, which is a well-known verse, if you can find it. Okay. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful and obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. The voice saying, this is the way, do not turn to the right or to the left, but follow it that you might be successful. You know, sometimes there's um, things that can start off by looking like they're, they're moving together. But if we just, we don't have to move a lot to the right or the left. But suddenly, as you go further up, there's this huge separation between God's line and where we've ended up because we've just moved slightly. The trajectory of that just moves us and takes us further and further away. So, we want to be led by the Spirit. It says, in, as we've looked at in Romans 8, verse 14, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. We hear this voice. We hear the shepherd. We're following him. So where do we want to lead? Where do we want him to lead us? You know, in our in our MacBooks, I don't know if SatNav does this because I don't have SatNav. In our MacBooks, there are some roads that are green, fuzzy roads, and a green, fuzzy road is meant to be where there's nice views, a really pretty road, going to be lovely views on this road. So sometimes we'll go out of our way to go down these green, fuzzy roads. We want the Spirit, really, to lead us on green, fuzzy roads. A bit like in Psalm 23 and verses 1 and 2. Well-known verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters, a nice green fuzzy road. He's leading us beside the still waters. Mark 6 and verse 31, which I was with Dave yesterday somewhere, and Dave shared on this. It's very good. So I'm Nick this verse, Dave. My green fuzzy road bit. In the NIV, it says, because there were so many people were coming and going, this is Jesus and his disciples, he's talking about them, there were so many people coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. He, Jesus, said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. In the Passion Translation, that comes out as, come, let's take a break and find a secluded place where we can rest for a while. Going back to the question of my, of, uh, the question I had as the title of this, it's almost like, are we there yet? I like this. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know there's a book coming, don't you? You really realize there's a book coming. Are we there yet? This must be the place. Led by God's Spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place of rest and quietness and by still waters. 
Sometimes we know the reason God is leading us somewhere. God gives us an understanding. Sometimes we follow his leading and then we discover his purpose. In the, in the New Testament, and those of you who are better Bible scholars than I will be checking up on this statement, it only talks about Jesus being led by the Spirit on two occasions, both describing the same thing. One of those is in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, just after he'd been baptized in the River Jordan, and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Sometimes, as in the way that Matthew describes it, we know the reason God is leading us somewhere. Because he talks about Jesus being led by the Spirit to be tempted. Mark, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 4 talks about led by the Spirit where he was tested, which is almost the other way around, isn't it? That is Jesus following what God's doing, and when he gets there, he finds it's a place of testing. But the principle is the Spirit does not always lead us by nice, calm, still waters into places of rest and quietness on long, fuzzy green roads. And for some of us, He has led us into a desert. And for some of us, we feel like we've been in that desert for a long time. We long for the fuzzy green road. But we've done nothing wrong because we've led by, been led by the Spirit. We followed. We haven't. It's, there are some people who end up in a desert place because they have done something wrong. They have separated themselves from God. They have chosen a path that He has not designed for them. And they have ended up in the desert. To those people, if, if that's you in this room, then this is a verse that has, on so many occasions, God has brought to me. I can remember as quite a young Christian sitting in a car park on one of the services areas of the M6 and God just bring this verse, and I was sitting in this car park crying. And it says this, which is in Acts 3, verse 19. 
Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You've ended up in desert because you have chosen not to listen to that voice. And God's saying to you this morning, repent. Turn to God and your sins will be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That that dryness, that emptiness will be wiped away and times of refreshing will come. For some of us, we're in a desert place because we have followed the Spirit there. He has led us to that place. And it isn't because we've done something wrong. It's because we've been faithfully following Him. So why are you there? Well, because God's got stuff to do for you in that place. We're not going to go into, and because for most of us we will know well the temptations that Jesus experienced in the desert. But he does talk, and this is, you haven't got this one, Harry, so 17, Proverbs 17, verse 3, in the Passion Translation says this, In the same way that gold and silver are refined by fire, the Lord purifies your heart by the tests and trials of life. James 2, uh, sorry, James 1, verse 2, says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. But sometimes a verse like that comes and somebody wants to encourage you and gives you that verse and says, oh, just be patient, it's coming. The back end of... Um, It's, yeah, it's in James chapter 5. It talks about being patient in trials. Well, that's great. God, I'm, I'm in there. I'm in there. But for those of us who are in there, I just feel that God wants us to know that you are not alone in there. So we're going to finish by looking at, or I say finish, in the next few minutes, we're just going to look at some verses in, in Isaiah. And we're going to start at verse, uh, chapter 43. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. God's not deserted you. God's there with you. When you pass through, I will be with you. Further on in Isaiah 43, verse 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild jettles honor me, and uh, the wild animals honor me, the jettles and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. I will provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And Isaiah 35. says this. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and of Sharon they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of my God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance. With divine retribution, he will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf and stopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer, and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jettles once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness, the unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get onto it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. The desert is not forever. God is there with us in it. It is not necessarily that you have done something wrong to be there. We've touched on if you have, and there's a way that God says this morning, times are refreshing. Just turn to me. 
But for some of us, we've followed God and we've ended up in a desert. And God is there to do things in our lives that He cannot do anywhere else. But He says to you and to me, I am with you. You are not alone in this place. No matter how long you've been there, I am with you. And I will cause streams to flow in the desert. I will cause life to be seen in the desert. And I will bring you out of the desert. You know, it says of Jesus that he was led by the Spirit into the desert. And then in Luke 4 and 14, it says, Jesus returned from the desert to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He was led into that place. God was with him in that place. He was led out of that place in the power of the Spirit. We've taught a lot about the Spirit and we've heard loads of great things over the last few weeks and months. But I really felt that this, for some of us, is where we are today. For some of us, we are on the green fuzzy road, and there's nothing wrong with being on the green fuzzy road. If God is, if, if you know that and are feeling you're in that time of life where you are walking beside the still waters, praise God. Don't feel guilty. That's where God has led you. That's where you are. Enjoy. For some of us, we have been led by the Spirit into a desert. And that is for His purpose. But he wants us to know he is there with us. Yes, he has a purpose. He is there with us. And he will bring us out in the power of his spirit. We're going to finish with a song, Dave, if we could. And this song talks about as praising God on the green fuzzy roads, but also praising God in the desert place and knowing that he will bring us out of that desert place. And for those of us who are in a land of abundance, who are beside the still waters, they are precious times. But as we are there, a challenge comes to us. That we wouldn't just do and be there for our enjoyment. But there's a line in a, a song by a group called Delirious that's, that says this. So hold me today as I carry your cross into the desert to find who is lost. If we're in a place of plenty, if we're in a place of blessing, if we're ever in a place of peace, yes, there are places that God wants us to stay, but out of those places, 
He wants us to go and not just have a party ourselves in those places, but to carry the cross into the desert to find who is lost. There might be people in here that you know are going through it. Carry what you know of Jesus to them to encourage them that they might know it's not just God that stands with them in this time, this desert time, but that God's people stand with them as well. And those of us who know and love Jesus is to carry that cross into the desert, the spiritual desert that is outside of Jesus to find who is lost. So, Father, we thank you that you are with us, that you want to lead us and guide us all through our lives. And that, Father, we need to be people who do not harden our heart, but we listen to your voice and we follow your leading. And Father, we, as we've just sung, will raise our pray, play, praise and bless your name as we know plenty, as we know abundance, but also, God, as we know a desert place. Because, God, we know that you who are with us in abundance are also with us in the desert place and that you are working things in our lives and that you will bring us out of that place by the power of your Spirit, and we will walk stronger and with a greater purpose because of what we have been through. Thank you, Jesus, that your Spirit is with us. Thank you, Jesus, that he leads us into what he knows is best for us. May we be faithful to reach into the desert for those who are lost, Lord. Amen.